Metricast. Self-focused is not selfish. It's present. And when you can tap into that, everything and everybody, every critter and creature and human and situation and everything around you is better for it, right? So I allow my dogs and there will be periods of time throughout the day where I don't look at them. I don't talk to them. I don't ask anything of them. I just allow them to be. And through the allowance of being, the honor and the connection and the respect and the trust is organically granted. That is the flow state. Welcome, beautiful souls, to season three of the Cosmic Love Antenna with your host, Harrison Ma. I invite you on a mystical voyage from the intellect to the soul, delving deep into the mysteries of love's spiritual essence and its divine unfolding. This podcast celebrates the peeling back of heart layers, revealing beautiful, profound lessons, interviews with loving spiritual seekers, and practices and tools to open up your heart to love's infinite wisdom. I'm so excited to have you and grateful that our hearts have connected. Enjoy the show. Good morning, evening, afternoon, magical beings. Welcome back to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. Today, you've found yourself on a powerfully energetic and spiritual guest show where I have a magical being here today to converse with and dive deep into all things. I'll get into the topic in a second. Before all of that, I just want to remind everyone that's joining either live on Facebook and YouTube and or tuning in on the podcast player, a request from my heart to yours. If this episode hits your heart today, please share this with a friend, a family member, a lover that you think it can help. And if you are joining in on the live community, please leave your comments and questions as we flow. Because today I have the beautiful Sasha Armstrong on the show to talk about all things canine state of mind, heart coherence with conscious canines. Sasha Armstrong is the founder of said canine state of mind, which is a empire that educates dog parents on how to build stronger, mutually respectful relationships with their dogs through weaving energetics, psychology, and intuitive communication skills. It's just so beautiful. In all of that, I'm really going to dive deeper into this beautiful heart connection between people and dogs today and really what it means on a emotional, energetic, and spiritual level. So Sasha, thank you for joining me and welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. It's so wonderful and such an honor to be here with you today. Long overdue. Yeah, we were joking before we started recording that we tried to make this work on a couple occasions, but apparently the divine was like, nope, not going to happen. So today is the day, right? It is. It's, and it's such a reminder and lesson, always surrendering and trusting in the timing of things, even if it doesn't necessarily fit our human agenda. <laughs> yeah, that beautiful little 
ego mind that likes to think it knows everything, but in reality, mm. it's such a small little fragment of what is possible. So yes. let's let's get straight into it, Sasha, because there's lots I want to sort of dive into today, and you'll have you have such a beautiful big heart and so much knowledge and interesting points to share. I want to go into all things canine state of mind. And I'm wondering if you can, for people that are obviously new to this and new to your work, can you maybe elaborate on first the concept itself, canine state of mind, what that means to you and how it weaves together psychology, behavior, environment, and some of these sort of emotional and spiritual topics? It's funny, I look now at this this company that I've built for many years, calling it Canine State of Mind. And of course, we are here to honor our, our beloved, our grandmaster teachers, which are our dogs. However, what I find the more and more I, I, I dig deeper into my work and the design of it is that it's so much more about the human state of mind mm. and the human state of being. Of course, it's the co-collaboration and the working together for mutual respect and harmonization. We have to address both sides of the coin, right? This is a very deep and profound relationship. Mm -hmm. And I was just having a discussion with somebody just an hour or two hours ago, talking about how dogs do such an extraordinary, impressive, just mind-blowing job of trying to understand and meet our human wants and our human needs in all facets, not just in the emotional and spiritual sense, but trying to understand our psychology and our language and the way in which we communicate and relate to them. And I will say that from what I have observed and what I work, what I'm really in the throes every day of my life for the last 25 years in this lifetime, is that humans have a lot to catch up on. We have a lot of stepping into, a lot of up-leveling, a lot of raising of consciousness and connecting to our heart and how that, how that speaks. And as we said right off the bat, Setting our small ego aside, maybe examining it first and evaluating it, right? But also letting go because I find that the small human ego plays such a destructive role in our relationships with our dogs. And so I approach this ancient partnership from a holistic perspective, as it only should be, from the mind-body-spirit connection. And when we 
really dig deep into all the aspects of how we intersect and are interwoven with these animals, there's no way if our goal is to achieve greatness and to achieve an extraordinary partnership that we can leave out any area or aspect mm. of, of our existence together. Yeah right? Whether it's the environment, whether the it's the emotional component, what are, what are we consuming? How can we speak each other's language? I mean, yeah. there's so many, there's so many layers. That's why I find your work so interesting, Sasha. So first of all, thank you for that beautiful little breakdown for people that are really new to you. And I, I hope that people tuning in could just not just intellectually understand what you're saying, but really feel the, the, the energetic and intention behind this passion and this, uh, this gift that you're giving the world. I want to pull out a word that you said, because I think it's a really good jumping off point from here. And then we can go deeper into all things, sort of a spiritual lens of, of this, what you're bringing to this conversation today. You called the dogs or our canine connections you called them the grand masters. And I think this is really interesting. I know you're going to elaborate on it, but this has always been a really fascinating dynamic I've noticed between not just the animal world at large, but, you know, canines and dogs that I've had in my life. They've always had a specific mm, teaching and offering that they can give me, especially in times when there's deep shadows, deep pains, deep, you know, familial or ancestral or, you know, inner child, whatever it is. A lot of the things I speak about on this show, these wounds that come up in those moments, it's often, and just for people tuning in, I have a little cute little sausage dog named Teresa. She's a big part of my life. Yeah. And she's my grandmaster and offers all these teachings. So I want to throw this back to you, Sasha, to maybe speak to the fact of how they play this grandmaster role and what you really mean by this. They're the grandmasters for a lot of reasons. And one is when we go back to the beginning, we go back to the origin. It was dogs that domesticated humankind and not the other way around. Interesting. Elaborate. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very important that we know this. It's very, very important that we root in this and have it as the foundation of our relationships that we have with our dogs, because when we can understand that they taught us from a very basic level how to raise a family, what is the ideal hierarchy of a family? How do you create a successful, cohesive, well-oiled machine as a family? Because it literally depended on the human's success and survival. Mm. Where do you hunt? How do you hunt? Where are the best places to live? How to be attuned and sensitive and and completely dialed into your environment and surroundings and the world around you. So this is just 
a tip of the iceberg, right? So humans, because of their double frontal lobe, they were able to see, they were able to make the distinction of, wow, look at these animals that seem to know what's going on. They have the keys, really the, the master keys for success and survival. And so we need to make them our allies. We need to join forces with them. And of course, you know, the first the first step to that at that stage of the game, and even, you know, what's continued on in our modern day relationship with dogs is through food, through life source, through, you know, through the through the reward. Um, so, but not only did animals and and canines represent a blueprint of survival, but in so many cultures all over the world, dogs are revered as as spiritual, sacred, divine channels to God. Mm. Well, let's let's pause there for a second. I want to go into that because I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Sasha, but that's a, I speak a lot about on this show. Actually, the cover of my book is a, me specifically opening up my heart and being a channel for divine source and everything coming through us. So, you know, for me personally, when you say, stepping into becoming a divine channel for source, I really am quite experientially, you know, I have a lot of knowledge and understanding around what that means as a human perspective and, and opening what the steps are taken to needed to do that and all the beautiful things. So it doesn't, it's, it's new to me, but at the same time, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, our canine connections also have this beautiful ability. So go deeper into that. What do you mean as a divine channel and what does that look like for them? Well, I, I always laugh, like, you know, what's dog spelled backwards, whatever mm. your belief is, right? God is, as source. I just want to, I just want to make a note of that. <laughs> um, I read that in our notes before we started. And I was like, oh, I need, <laughs> need to, I need to add this in here somewhere. So I'm happy that you did. <laughs> so I love that you just said, Harrison, that, you know, that you, you're very present and aware and tuned into the steps you have to take and kind of the journey of how to get to that, that place of being receptive and open as a channel, as a, as a conduit, right? See, dogs don't have to try. Mm. They don't have to put forth any effort. Mm. It, it is just who they are. They don't, they can't, nor do they even have the mental capacity to think about being anything other than the purity and the sacredness of who they are. And that is why we as humans, most of us, want to be around them to the depth and the consistency that we do. Even more interesting, I believe that that's why people hate dogs. 
is because there's a fear of what they represent. And we don't want to look at that. We can't be close to it. We can't be in relationship with it because it's something that is wounded deeply within us. So we could have a five hour long podcast on, you know, the human to canine, uh, the, 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 the depth of what they represent to us on, on so many, I mean, we, we could go on and on really. It's, um, it's quite profound. Um, but it really does come down to this. I would say most humans value their relations with their dogs even on a, a more precious level than they do other humans. That has been my experience in all of my years of connecting with people. And as you can imagine, everywhere I go with all of my travels, my work is not my work. It's my life. It's my destiny. It's, uh, and it's, and it's not about me. That's the whole thing, right? It's just, it's a it's a divine purpose where I was put here to to uh, to create, yeah, to offer and 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 to set really to put into motion a paradigm shift and a movement that is so deeply, deeply needed because as we talk about, you know, we go back, as far as we can go, we look at the origin of this relationship and how we are at like where we've come to present date to our modernized relationship with dogs. We have devolved. We are at an all time low. And so digging into what that's attributed to clearly is a disconnection, I believe, from source, from nature, from ourselves. And our dogs represent the mirror, right? And that's where the level, the highest level of their teachings come into play is that as we are in such close relationship to them, they provide this mirror, Let's speak, about, let's speak about this, Asha, a little bit deeper, because I love how you mentioned we could speak about this kind of aspect of this conversation for hours and like, we don't have hours today, but let's do it, right? Let's do it as best we can, because this is the, this is the platform. This is my show is the way, is the place we do this, right? I, um, I want to back step a little bit to a couple of things you said, because they just, they're so powerful and I want to make sure people listen to it. This idea that the dog's divinity, the dog's connection to source triggers us, right? Is the mirror, as you just said, for us. And it triggers us because most of us, myself included for, you know, a big part of my life, we haven't accepted our divinity, right? Not only have we not accepted it, there are lots of inner parts inside of us that are still in fear of that acceptance, right? Due to past life trauma, due to, you know, being burnt at the stake, being, you know, it's many, many reasons of not accepting that divinity, but it's just 
really fascinating that our dogs become a point of reference in which this shadow comes up. So just for everyone tuning in, for all the people that have heard me speak about ancestral healing and, you know, the God wound, this is just another practice connecting to canines for a way for us to heal. But I'm fascinated, Sasha, with your perspective on a particular question here. And this is something that I have gone back and forth on. And I've recently had conversations uh, about this with a friend, a close friend. And it's this idea that whether dogs have an ego and based off what you've said thus far, you know, and I'm sure you have more to add, but based off what you said thus far, one could say no. But as I've, you know, started to go a bit deeper into this kind of work and taking another perspectives on this, maybe they're developing an ego due to our, as you know, you just talked about this maybe unhealthy connection that we've, we've started to add on top with our canine brothers and sisters. So I'm wondering your perspective on your thoughts to the ego development within the canine structure. Yes, that's a good one. Uh, dogs do not have egos. Okay. So are dogs becoming the closer they are linked to, to us? I mean, we're talking about a bond and a partnership that has existed with, you know, looking on the short side of things like 30,000 years. Okay. So we've, we can examine how we have become more embedded and closely linked for better or for worse. I, I am not seeing better. So I think that what ends up happening now, we have given dogs our anxieties. We've given them our stresses. We've given them, they are, they are the, the victims of our human suffering. Dogs are now developing every single kind of ailment, dis-ease that humans have. I could speak on this on so many levels. I mean, just, just the degree in which we're breeding dogs nowadays, what, what humans are seeking in a dog is not a wolf. They are seeking a teddy bear. This is the premise. This is the basis of the doodle breeding, right? We're breeding dogs to be teddy bears. What are teddy bears to children? They provide emotional support, a shoulder to cry on. We can smother them and kiss them. We don't have to mind their, their personal space. We don't have to, um, you know, take care of them. We drag them around. We cry on them. We, you know, take them everywhere. We, we coddle them. I mean, this is essentially what what we're doing to these animals. And so when this idea of, are we giving them egos? No, but what we're doing is we're going farther and farther down a spiral of projecting our wounding and our weaknesses and our shadow onto these 
sacred animals. And so now it gets to the point where people don't eat, they can't even tell if their dog is a, is a free thinking animal. They can't even worse. We've got, we've been so programmed to believe that our dogs feel the way that we do and think the way that we do. I just saw something come up on a, a, a well-respected uh, publication that said that now due to AI, we can finally communicate with our dogs. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Due to art artificial intelligence, now it's become possible to communicate. That's the answer. That's the answer. That's the answer. So this is definitely a commentary on this devolving, right? That we're we're going down. Um, we well, we've gotten to a place now where if we want to honor and support and give these animals exactly what it is that they deserve, if if we want to start matching. I don't know if we ever can, but if we want to start matching the level and abundance of gifts that they give to us, we need to have a really massive shift in the way that we understand them. Mm. So good, Sasha. Oh, so much, so much bubbling up. And I'm just really grateful for you and your big heart and the work that you're doing in the world. I was already at that stage, but... Now that we're going deeper into this this conversation, I'm just, I'm falling in love even more with you and your gifts. So just thank you for everything you're bringing in the world. I, um, let's, let's dive further into this communication gap. And it, it's, it's funny slash not funny at all. The, the, as you were describing the, the projection of the ego onto the projection of our shadows onto our canine lovers and friends it brings a whole new meaning to me of that funny uh saying that if you, if you look at a dog and you look at an owner there's a resemblance there and often that's on a physical level right but now we can take it a step deeper and take it to the energetic and unfortunately the emotional and the spiritual level right right why, why that's happening so let's let's give solutions here Sasha, because I think we did a pretty good job right now of highlighting the polarity of it all, the shadow of it all. Can you speak to, okay, so what, if we're not, if we don't want to speak with our minds, we don't want to speak with our ego and this advanced AI expression of our thoughts, right? What is the language, right? What is the lost language that we can all start to tune into, <laughs> with our, I'll give it away here, our hearts and the canines that we love. Ooh. Well, first it's understanding. This, the, the solutions here are understanding who and what our dogs are. What is their language? Hmm. What, what language do they speak? Because they don't speak English. You know, I, I get, I get this, this come up, this comes up all the time where somebody says, oh, my dog understands. I said, really? I said, have you ever heard a dog speak English? Because I mean, I've worked with a fair 
fair share of them, right? And I've never heard a dog speak English. And then it's always the same response. It's this, this giggle and this laugh. And then they're like, oh, yeah, they, they really don't. So what language do they speak? Now, this is where it gets really cool. This is where we start to expand and where we start to go into other dimensions and we start to access a, a way of being that I call flow state. Now, flow state is a common term, um, but that when you when you can connect through a heart coherent energy, when you can speak the language that your dog instinctually speaks, which actually there's so much universal overlap. So what languages do, do, do humans speak just as much as, as canines and horses and cats? Energy, yes. Energy and body language. Right. So energy is it, it's that's it. It stands in a category all on its own. It is at the it's front and center in every relationship, in every dynamic, in every situation, in every opportunity, energy and and what what is present and how we can manipulate it. is it's everything. And so when we can, as humans, understand our inner mechanics and our inner workings and bring an attunement and awareness to how our energy projects, how it communicates, and a lot of it is due to how we think, right? The narratives that we have, what is our self-talk? What are our beliefs? Right. And how does that dictate exactly? How does that impact how we energetically show up, which essentially is what is determining everything in our lives? And dogs don't speak English, right? They they speak energy. And so when we can connect through that space and we can connect through our body language. And we can speak, speak to them in a way that is just effortless. It really doesn't require a hands-on approach. It doesn't require a lot of effort. It doesn't require training. It doesn't mm. require anything outside of ourselves. It becomes a spiritual communication mm. that allows for the relationship to be exactly what it's designed to be in its essence mm. is pure harmony. Yeah. Now, something else that's very important, okay? So it's we have we have that side of things, but also we need to address what is the most important component in a dog's existence? For them to be successful and survive. And that's knowing exactly where they stand. It's knowing where everybody else within their pack hierarchy and dynamic stands. 
And it's being able to have confidence and trust in an alpha leader or alpha leaders. Let's speak to this, Sasha. Let's speak to this point because I think, I feel people tuning in who have some understanding of uh, human to canine relating have probably heard of that before in terms of uh, like holding space for a, a dog and being the dominator almost, being the, being the, the, the hierarchy, creating space. Like I just think of a lot of the past teachers that I've looked to in regards to training dogs and and making sure that, that they're in a safe environment with the home. There's a lot of domination, right? There's a lot of domination and submission. And I would assert it's connected to, you know, what you're saying around, you know, helping the dog understand where they are in the hierarchy. But I want to hear your perspective on this because it doesn't sound like from an energetic perspective, I could come into that 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 domination relationship in two two very different states, right? I could come in it, come in it, come into it from a state of, you know, you're less than me. I could be holding a lot of anger. I could be holding a lot of judgment and and shame and guilt, versus coming into that same relationship with an openness, with loving, with unity, with connection, with compassion, and energetically those would be two very different relationships built with the canine. So I'm wondering if you could speak to this, you know, maybe this perspective of domination and submission and how it's potentially different in your view and maybe describe some practical examples of what this looks like to help our canines into this kind of relationship. I would love to talk about this. And it's unfortunate that we have to go back and undo, re-educate all all of the misinformation, the misconceptions, the skewed perceptions of what an alpha leader is. An alpha leader is the embodiment of love of groundedness, they are the peaceful warrior. A true alpha leader would never dominate or be aggressive or control or enforce their will upon any of their pack members. This domination versus submission, when we talk about human wounding and how it's projected onto our dogs, This is a perfect example. So pretty much everything, and I get a lot of, I get a lot of people that come to me challenged and and deeply sad about trainers or people that they have gone to where they got conned into believing that they have to show up in this barbaric, abusive manner in order to get their dog to obey 
or submit. An alpha would never go outside of themselves to force or manipulate or gain control and demand and co- or command respect. That is not an alpha. That is something very different. The alpha leader, the embodiment, the essence of a leader is what it, it's literally the most powerful force of, of love within the pack. And I think that as that is what dogs know, what canines truly know to be the definition of an alpha, I believe that when we present this idea to humans, they also believe that a human alpha leader that way as well. And unfortunately, we don't see that too often in our society. Yeah. Right? It's a conversation, Sasha, around, uh, it's a bigger conversation around the unhealthy masculine right? The unhealthy masculine and the unhealthy feminine. And unfortunately yeah. in society as a collective, both are imbalanced, right? Both are imbalanced and skewed and going back. And there's, you know, we don't need to derail this conversation into all things that, but it's it, today is an example of how this collective wound of, again, the humans, as you've been describing is seeping into our canine dynamic, right? In massive ways. It's so, it's like a tapestry. It's like, it's so embedded. And that's why, right? Like we said it now, it's like, we can't even, it's gotten so muddled. We can't even be able to separate and allow for these animals to be independent, autonomous beings because we've made them so much into what what our ideas are of things and it all comes right from this this wounding i have studied wild and captive wolves for 25 years and the only time i ever saw an alpha be aggressive the entire pack joined together and killed that member of the pack, killed that alpha. So this is not a sustainable, productive, cohesive aspect to success and survival. And the pack intuitively knows that. And so they join together because Let's be honest, the most important focal point of a dog's existence, I don't care if it's a chihuahua or a doodle or a Great Dane or a multi-pedigree or a pit bull or a street dog in Mexico, they have one focal point. They have one centered source part of their existence 
that they're continually living each day to achieve. And that is to carry on the lineage, to be successful and survive. Right? Dogs dogs don't care about all of the the novelties and the indulgences and um, all of the, I mean, I, I look around on just in the world in general, on social media and in just in different clients and people I even see on the street. And it's, it saddens me to see how we have completely stripped our dogs of, we, we, we don't even consider like, is that important to my dog? Does my dog want me to touch them right now? Mm-hmm. Does my dog want me to talk to them in a, in a, in a baby voice? Does my dog want, you know, I mean, there's just endless. So many, it's endless. Yeah. yeah. I, it's interesting, Sasha, that you said this focal point of, carrying on the lineage and expanding because what I heard when you said that, especially based off everything you've already shared in regards to them being grandmasters and a divine channel to source, I would, I would assert it's not just to carry on the lineage. It's to continue to expand in consciousness in general, right? Cause if they're, a, if they're a divine channel, then they're linked to that same expanding divine truth that we ultimately should be connected to is that we're here to learn, we're here to expand and we're here to evolve. So it's, it feels like it's a very similar consciousness conversation, right? Does that resonate? It does. It does. And I, and I, I want to break it down because you know, I guess it's important to point out just the, the, the law of nature, right? It's like, that's like from a, from a hardcore, like at the essence, like this more earthbound drive for, um, you know, for these animals is that, and then you have this whole other aspect and component to their being, which is exists on such a a high frequency a high vibration this yeah this they're here i believe to to nurture us and 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 be this loyal steadfast teacher and companion that is is teaching us whether we are conscious of it or not how to i mean i've literally had clients that have said to me, Sasha, I am an atheist and damn it, I am having a spiritual experience with my dog. <laughs> I love it. That those are that's the most rewarding. I mean honestly, that that is that has been some of the most rewarding feedback I've gotten from clients because that is exactly what we're we're talking yeah, about. That's the goal. That's like it's I'd love to be that person that started a spiritual awakening through a canine connection, right? Uh, and so let's let's go deeper into that, Sasha, and get a little bit more 
3D and human and practical here because I I've heard you speak on other shows uh, in regards to this and it really helped me when I was tuning in. So I want to provide the same value for my beautiful listeners. I'm wondering if you you know we've sp- we've spoken a lot now about this this coherent way to communicate this heart coherent way to communicate with our canines. I'm wondering if you could give us maybe two or three practical examples of what that looks like. So let's use me as an example and my beautiful little sausage dog, Chorizo. If I go see her this afternoon, which I will be, and I'm looking to connect to her in a heart coherent way, what are some practical maybe, you know, examples or some lessons or some routines that I could start to uh, implement with her? Well, this is good. So I would say that this is very much so a way of being. It's a way of living. It's a it's a lifestyle. It's it's almost as though you can't. I, I love this quote from Dr. Joe Dispenza. He said, you can meditate once a week and that's great but it's not going to change your life. If you meditate once a day or twice a day, or maybe three times a day, that is going to change your life. And so I want to say that right out of the gate, because I get asked a lot about what do I do about this? And what do I do about that? And what's a good exercise for this. And I can, I'm just, I've got them never ending, right? I mean, I've just got that there, there's no, there's no limit to all of the techniques and, and the different specific ways of being and exercises that you can do. And I would love to share, uh, share one that will absolutely make a profound shift And I also invite our listeners to show up in that consistently, because like anything in life, if we don't show up every day and recommit and create the vision and hold the space for exactly what it is that we desire in our wildest dreams, what is our birthright and what is our dog's birthright? we will never see it fully come to fruition and hold long-term sustainable results. Mm. Devotion, Sasha. You just talked about it's devotion, what you just described, right? It's devotion. And that's where, you know, our dogs are so devoted to us. It's hardwired in their being. They can't be anything else they don't know anything else so it's literally again going back to this i this idea of i want to be like my dog i aspire to show up in that level of commitment and dedication and devotion and consistency every day not just a couple days of the week or when it's convenient But even in the times, as I ask my clients, 
when it feels trying and you're not in a good space and you feel challenged and you feel depleted, that's an even greater invitation, right? To really embrace that and continue to discipline yourself to show up in that way, right? Dogs are a function of who we are, right? Dogs are a function of our stress, of our anxiety, of our energy, for better or for worse. So when our dogs show up in ways that are not desirable, and that challenge us when our dogs are not obedient. And I'm using that word very people, specifically. Yeah, for people listening, she just used her fingers. Obedient, yes. <laughs> yes. So isn't it interesting that we use that term with our dogs, right? It, it's that, and that's, again, going back to this idea of we have to have our dogs behave in a certain way in order for us to not be embarrassed or to fulfill our ego or to not make us look bad or, um, right. So there's, there's a lot of that in there. And so ultimately when our dogs are displaying stress, anxiety, rooted behaviors and that is the root of all undesirable behaviors right it's coming from the communication breakdown it's coming from the way that we're not supporting them it's by way of us not fulfilling this leadership role that is essential in a dog's existence if they're going to be successful and survive so when a dog does not receive solidified leadership within their family pack dynamic, it causes them to assume a role that they are cut out to fulfill. And like for any of us, if we are forced into a job description that we are not able to fulfill, life is not going to be ideal. We are going to suffer from elevated, extreme, intense degrees of anxiety, insecurity, nervousness, stress, and all of the manifestations of that. Mm. But it sounds like, Sasha, if I can jump in here. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Again, it's funny and not funny. It sounds like what you're alluding to and diving more deeper into here in a moment is like any relationship. If I want my partner, if I want my friend, if I want my lover, my family member, and now my dog to be a certain way, then the answer is not to force that beingness onto them. The answer is to ask oneself, how am I showing up? Am I showing up? in the exact opposite? Am I showing up in, I'm asking them to be centered and confident and loving, but really I'm showing up as erratic, angry, and disconnected. So it, it's, it sounds like another example here of be that which you want to see, right? 
completely. It's a relationship. It's not a dictatorship. Mm. So I love what you just said there, Harrison, because it, it leads me into one of my favorite practical ways in which we can start to shift and transform almost like that, real time, okay? My work is a journey and it's a process. However, as soon as you start to take accountability and attune within the inner workings of yourself, things start to shift very rapidly if you're listening. And if you're consistent, right? It's not just going to happen with devotion. one meditation, with one it's devotion. So one of my favorite things to do, and I, I do this quite frankly, off and on throughout the day with my dogs. What kind of dogs do you have? Sorry, that I want to hear this practical example, but just so yeah. I'm just interested. What kind of dogs do you have, Sasha? I have a lot of dogs and <laughs> I have... A huge variety of them. Um, I have a border collie, a German shepherd. Uh, I have a, a hybrid wolf. Mm. Um, I have a blue healer mix. I have Beautiful. some terriers. And I have three incredible street dogs, mm. former street dogs from ago. <laughs> Yeah. They are absolutely phenomenal. So, so um, now we now we have this picture. So I wanted to ask that question. <laughs> so we all have this picture now of all this beautiful family of canines that you have. So what's the what's the what's this practical example that you share with them? Well, and also too, I have a lot of dogs that come to me that for I always say for spiritual retreat, right? So uh, so when my guest dogs come to me and they are incorporated into, into the energy and the essence of my pack, um, you know, I could have an excess of, you know, 20 dogs more uh, around me uh, in my, in my sphere at any given time. So it's, it's always like this, undulating uh pack dynamic um mm. which is always always fascinating and it's just the learning oh my god it's literally i'm just constantly in awe every day humbled humbled and in awe every day so i practice and my my spiritual practice the work that I do within myself, my, my soul development work, as I call it, is really um, an ongoing, it's like I say, I laugh, it's like a full-time job, right? I, I am present to it every day. Um, and it's it's something that is interwoven in, in and throughout each day of my life. And so with that, my dogs are the beneficiaries, right? They they are the the recipients they get to 
thrive off of the work that I'm doing on myself. And what that does to take the focus and the energy off of them and be able to be embodied, to be centered, to be Mm. grounded, to be present, to be present. Yes. Self-focused is not selfish. It's present. And when you can tap into that, everything and everybody, every critter and creature and human and situation and everything around you is better for it, right? So I allow my dogs and there will be periods of time throughout the day where I don't look at them. I don't talk to them. I don't ask anything of them. I just allow them to be. And through the allowance of being, the honor and the connection and the respect and the trust is organically granted. That is the flow state. So it's a beautiful exercise because we bombard our dogs unconsciously every day, all day long. We are sending with all the best intentions in the world, truly. We are sending communications and messages and signals to them that we don't realize how harmful they are. We don't realize what what truly those messages convey to a dog. And so I like to tune in to my heart. And it's almost like a radar. It's like a, an antenna that goes out. I, Good choice I ask, of words, Sasha. Good choice of words. <laughs> it's very one? much, very much a love antenna, I would say, that you're that you're spreading <laughs> out. Yes. It is an antenna, yes. With no expectations, no agendas, allowing really for the acceptance of, of what is to be like just just can I accept what it is as I connect to this dog, asking them what it is that they need. See, dogs don't have desires. They don't have wants. We give them, we we give that to them. We force it upon them because we have all of these desires, right? And, And so we just assume that the dog does well. And then we start through these rose colored glasses. Projecting projecting, but also seeing their behavior almost like morphs into this false, inauthentic projection and idea of what it is that it's up for them. Uh, But it doesn't, isn't. Yeah. I would, it's, I would say it's not just, it's almost like it's exactly what it is, right? We, I uh, share a teaching often on this show, Sasha, of we 
are the most, each individual person is the most powerful being in their reality. And one of the reasons for that is that they're constantly creating their reality through their projection of consciousness. So in this example, their projection of consciousness onto the dog is creating the real reality. Now I'm using my fingers, right? The real reality, but just because it appears real to you within your box of perception doesn't mean it's authentic to the dog. And, you know, what I'm hearing, Sasha, I just want to reflect this to you. The, this idea of intentionally being in beingness with your canines, you know, the, we're doing the opposite, right? And the opposite, other than everything you described, we could also do, sum it down into one word is control. Right, we're spending a lot of time putting all of our canines in these beautiful boxes of control. Right, we want to control them because it will give us a expected outcome. It will give us an expected outcome and make us feel safe, make us feel secure, make us feel like okay, we did all the things. I've done my work. the The dog is in the in the in the place. I can breathe, but. In reality, this is what I'm picking up from what you're saying. Not only is that unhealthy, it's cutting our truest, most loving and powerful relationship with them out of the picture. Right on, brother. That's it. So I guess a question here, Sasha, you know, other than cultivating presence and beingness with our canines, which, you know, we could end it with that. But I guess for people tuning in, you know, I think of myself, I think of particular family members that we have days where just so much is going on. Right? We have days where there's, we're triggered, we're wounded, we're, we're thinking about the future, we're thinking about the past. And we come home and we see our dogs and maybe we know that, okay, the best choice here is like, I need to be present with them. I need to connect into my, my source. I need to be in more of a mindful connection. We know that. But then at the same time, we're just taken away by life. We're taken away by our our shit what would you say to that person that maybe has a challenge with the mindfulness maybe has a challenge with the presence maybe has a challenge with all this beautiful spiritual conversation how do you work with those people that you know aren't there yet but still would like to have this beautiful loving connection with their canines that's fantastic I always say that this work is for everybody at any stage with really any, any degree of a desire and an intention to better their relationship with their dog. This can be from something very practical and just matter of fact of, I have a dog that is challenged and struggling. 
I don't know how to heal. I don't know how to solve these behavioral issues. And so we can address, of course, the human's behavior from a very scientific, from a very nuts and bolts, straight away, mental, exactly, a very intellectual process of do, you know, step-by-step, this is how you, this is how you undo what's been done. This is how you transform, right, into, uh, into exactly the way that you want your relationship to be. And obviously, then we can go all the way (laughs) to the deeply spiritual side where we're looking at, you know, karmic connections and past life, you know, relationships with our dogs and everything in between. Sign me up for that one. Yeah. (laughs) So the work is versatile and it meets everybody exactly where they're at on their journey and on their journey within themselves, on their journey, on the dog's journey, right? So it's it's very accessible to everyone that is feeling that they're ready for a change. They're ready for an upgrade. And sometimes it it's not a dire necessity. Sometimes it's more of a... I know that I'm, you know, nothing earth shattering is going on. My dog is not, you know, in in absolute dire need, but but I am seeing these different areas. I am seeing these subtle behaviors that to the human it's registering because they're 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 remembering. They're they're attuning. This this is all about remembering, right? So when that human can be able to 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 tap in and and make the distinction that the way that their dog these these behaviors that show up something is out of balance something can be something can be more wholesome here and i love 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 when clients it's so inspiring to me when people come to me that are they just want to be the best for their dogs they're they're so deeply committed and they just want to do whatever it takes to show up it and and again it's it's about that's enough it's about the gift it's it's literally how to i always say it's like the golden expression of love we don't as humans know this this might trigger people and i'm i'm okay with that um we don't know as humans how to love our dogs because do you know what comes way before love? Give it to us. Tell us. Trust. Mm. You cannot love until there is trust, in my opinion, in a relationship, right? I mean, sure, you can you can come from a heart-centered space, but ultimately when you're in relationship in order to have trust is it's essential. And through that trust is when alignment comes into play. That's, that's when magnificence is present. I'll put a little 
I love that, Sasha. I'll put a little asterisk on it. I would say that <laughs> in a relationship, that trust, yes, can be with the other component in this case, whether it's human or animal, but it could also be trust in the divine power that's inside of you that knows more that can allow you to take the step that's needed, right? So in this example, right, if there's fear around reaching out to someone like Sasha to do this kind of work, to help your relationship with your canine and your human mind is like all these, all these doubts and insecurities and just all this fear that how I would say the trust is applied. It's not just applied to you and your dog, but it's also applied to you and the divine power that exists within that knows that this is the right choice, right? That knows that, right? Cause it's, yeah, there's, there's, trust in another will always be powerful and beneficial but the deepest trust in my opinion is the trust in the divinity that you are that is orchestrating the relationship to begin with right is is bringing these two souls together whether they're human or animal right sasha i could talk about all of this with you for a very long time and i hope to one day meet you in person and talk about all of this and potentially we can do some more chats in the future, but time is a restriction today. And I want to be mindful of yours. I have one more question for you before we wrap up, but before we get to that, I uh, want to give you a bit of space here now for everyone that's tuned in either live or what, listening to the podcast. If your heart coherence has been activated and you want to, know a little bit more about Sasha and her work. Sasha, where can people tune in to connect to you or find out how to sort of do this kind of work with you? The best place to connect with me and access more information on my work is on my website, which is caninestateofmind.com. And that's canine spelled out, C-A-N-I-N-E. I'm also on Instagram and welcome any any reach out and would love to, to hear from, from your listeners. And also, um, very exciting, I, I need to make mention of this. <laughs> I almost forgot. Um, my book is coming out. Ooh. The beginning of February. It's very exciting. And um, it's called uh, Peaceful Dog Mastery. Mm, I love it. That will be available on my website and in many other locations. So definitely keep that on your radar. Yeah. And I'll put, as always, I'll put all the links to canine state of mind and your beautiful book in the show notes and the description of this podcast. So if you're looking on the podcast player on Apple or Spotify, you'll see the little links that people can click and go to. So, so excited for you and your book, Sasha. I'm sure it's a piece of channeled love that you've put so much of your heart into just picking up from this conversation alone. I, speaking of love, Sasha, the, this is the Cosmic Love Antenna and a big reason for that name and a big reason for a lot of the work I do in the world is really helping people to come back 
and remember the divine teaching that yes, love is an emotion, love is a feeling, but at the deepest of layers, love is a consciousness state and a higher and deeper power that we can learn to connect to, channel and embody as we move throughout this beautiful play that we're all a part of. So my question for you, Sasha, in your world, in your reality that you create, how do you define that love word personally? Wow. I, I would say I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning about what it is to be. And, and again, the dogs have taught me that they've taught me everything really. Uh, they've, they've reminded me of what's inside of me and connecting and healing my wounded heart. And it's a, it's a wonderful question. And I would say that as I come to know my heart on deeper and deeper levels, it's, it's truly transformed my life. It, mm -hmm. it is the smart, it, it is the knowing, it is the, the intelligence. It's, yeah, it's, it's remarkable, really. Beautiful, Sasha. I also really resonate to the constant learning and expanding and evolving in all the ways, especially in relation to love. And I love you. I appreciate your time today. I appreciate the beautiful work that you're doing in the world. Please keep me updated with it all. For all the people tuning in live today or listening to the podcast, thank you for your heart. Thank you for your intention today of holding space. And I hope it brought you value and insight. Until next time here on the show, both Sasha and I send you love and we appreciate you and are grateful for you very much. We'll see you again very soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna with me, your host, Harrison. If you gained value or this episode hit your heart, please remember to share this out with a friend, a family member, or a lover. You can also leave your love over on Apple Reviews and Spotify star feedback, and this helps me spread my frequency to more souls in need. Finally, if you want to connect with me deeper, want to reach out, interested in coaching, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Harrison Ma, Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Sending you so much love. there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, 
and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab, an electric cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Electric acid.